people, and welcome to a raw edition of the Hollywood Heels podcast. I am one half of your hosting situation, the rock star, the renaissance man, the Duke Russo, and I am joined here by the divine voice himself, Henron. What's up, Henron? What is going on, good sir? We have an action-packed day today with some nice Monday Night Raw action. What did we have going on tonight? So this is the September 11th edition of Raw from Norfolk, Virginia. So before we get into the show, I just want to acknowledge that there were several reports that Vince is now back. And both he and Triple H made significant last-minute changes to the show's matches and segments. I'm not sure the extent of those. Take what you will from that. Um, I did feel like the flow of the show was a little weird, so I don't know if it was due to that or what, but um, just want to get that out of the way. So for our match card first match we had was a tag team match for the tag team championship between Kevin Owens teamed with Jay Uso versus Damian Priest and Finn Balor. Judgment Day wins via pinfall after an accidental super kick to KO from Jay. Then we had The Miz versus Akira Tozawa. Miz collects the win via pinfall after three skull-crushing finales. Uh, Drew McIntyre versus Xavier Woods. Drew McIntyre gets the pinfall with a Claymore. Shayna Baszler versus Chelsea Green, accompanied by Piper Niven's back. Um, Baszler is victorious in this one via pinfall. Alpha Academy with Tommaso Ciampa versus the Imperium. Alpha Academy with Ciampa win via submission, making Vinci tap out with a heel lock. And our main event was a rematch for the women's title. Rhea Ripley versus Raquel Rodriguez. Rhea on top via pinfall after some help from, spoiler alert, Nia Jax? Followed by a Riptide. So, those were the matches we had. Now, this show starts off for the second Raw in a row now. Main event, Jay Uso opens it up. And I gotta say, the main event, Jay Uso crop top tank is pretty fucking lit. Blue seems to be his new color. Um, I find that a little weird now that he's on Raw, sporting SmackDown colors. I don't know, maybe that's just me. He says it feels good to be on his own. And as he's addressing the crowd, we get an interruption from Kevin Owens. So he says Jey Uso is on the KO show now and that he's done a lot of bad things to good people too. So he knows the position that Jay's in. And he says that Jay's arrival here won't be easy because very, very, very few people are on his side. And he's got a long way to go turn his trust so as they're going through this, we get another interruption from the Judgment Day. They come out and Finn says that Jay doesn't need to prove anything to anyone. And Priest says that KO doesn't speak for anyone. And tells uh, Jay Uso that the Judgment, door, uh, Judgment Day door 
is always open for him. And Dom tries to speak. Of course, he can't. Not really sure what he said. Um, and Damien says that they're supposed to have a match with KO and Sammy. And KO says, well, Sammy isn't here, but I'll gladly fight all three of you. And that's when Jay offers to be his partner. And KO says, let's do it, man. And uh, Jay hits a beautiful super kick to Dom. And then we cut to break and come back in the match. So that was a pretty like jam-packed, eventful segment to, to start off the show, man. Yeah, it, it was a lot to start off the show. Number one, I don't know if maybe they let Jay's song play out longer or if they've added some more lyrics on there. Kind of something that I was mentioning on the previous podcast is now, you know, as it goes on, it says, line them all up, knock them down like me, I believe, um, is on there now. Yeah, something so that was that was in there the first time. I acknowledge that, even though I ripped the song saying it didn't have many lyrics. Um, I did notice that the first time. It just takes a while to get to that point. Yeah, yeah, I guess maybe they just hadn't played it long enough. But starts off the show, of course, he's got the enemy Kevin Owens coming out there. Um, you know, and he speaks on, you know, this is the Kevin Owens show, just as you mentioned. A lot of enemies back there, and I'm eager to see more of these enemies because I'd like to see what other one-on-one matches do we have with Jey Uso. You know, I guess he's going to deal with Judgment Day for a little bit, but I'd like to see what's going to come after this. We have Drew McIntyre, and who else? You know, I, let's we show me more bro. on the list. I guess we got the bro, but man, speaking of the bro, a little <laughs> um, out of work, in uh, whatever you want to call it, dealing with some flight issues and some TSA agents up in New York. Um, he got pulled from the show. Some nonsense. You see yeah, that? Yeah. Yeah. And like, I mean, just, just a personal lesson, y- you know, even if everything you say is true, like maybe you, from my understanding, he posted a picture of like the actual person and was saying that he was like sexually assaulted by this person or something like that. <laughs> And I mean, that's a bad idea, bro. Yeah, but you know, we won't go into too many of those details. I did love Judgment Day coming out here and standing up for Jay, you know, um, basically saying, You don't have to prove yourself to anybody, you don't have to prove yourself to us. A Grand Slam Finn respects you, all of Judgment Day respects you. You know, we get the classic Dom trying to talk and just booed out the building. It's always great. Love to see it. Love to hear it. Um, some things that he did say. Um, he said, I was with my family through the lowest of the lows and the highest of the highs. And then that's pretty much all I got. And Finn's there <laughs> uh, holding back a smile himself. But obviously, Sami Zayn's not here. I don't know if he's injured, where he's at, or what's going on. They didn't comment or acknowledge it and i don't remember them ever talking about it <laughs> on the remainder of the episode but maybe we'll see him next week but you know instead of a 3v1 kevin thinks about it for a second and basically tells jay you know what let's go ahead and do it and finger on the trigger jay just takes out dom beautiful kick um right before you know a little melee before we actually get into that match so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna update my Dom Mysterio Boo rankings, and I am going to insert Norfolk 
in between Charlotte and Boston. So I, I've still got Charlotte on top, then Norfolk, then Boston. I, as this is, is going on, I'm actually kind of shocked that, of all places, Boston, you know, a, a much more densely populated area and typically known for being a rowdy city, you know, they're falling down the rankings, man. It's kind of disappointing. My only assumption is maybe where he's mentioned the Boston TD Garden. Maybe that arena was a little bit bigger than these other arenas in these other cities. That could be my only, you know, saving grace for that city. Possibly, but I do think that they played in the basketball or, or they performed in the basketball arena in Charlotte, I think as well. I think they were at the Hornets arena. I'd have to double check that. Um, now, as far as Virginia, <laughs> I don't, I, I've been to Virginia once. Uh, I'm sure it, it's, it's awesome that I've missed things there, but I, I can't comment on that arena. Um, so as you said, we got into this match pretty quickly. Jay Uso, Kevin Owens versus Priest and Balor. So what do you got for this match, man? Yeah, so pretty much the match starts off and Judgment Day is being very respectful to Jay. Um, it starts off Damien Priest, Jay Uso. Um, they get into a little corner, but Priest puts his hands up, lets him safely walk out of the corner. We finally get a tag between Priest and Finn. Finn gets him against the ropes and, again, doesn't hit him, but, you know, kind of pump fakes him, makes him flinch. Jay gets upset, hits Finn before tagging in Kevin. Um, they get a nice little elbow into another senton by Kevin, right into another tag back to Jay, who hits a nice uh, big crossbody off the top rope, hitting Damian Priest, uh, hitting another Samoan drop, because now Priest is in there. And then Finn Balor tries to run in to break things up, but he gets thrown out. And then we get a nice over-the-top splash by Jay on Priest and Finn, who are sitting on the outside. Um, Kevin is still standing there on the ropes. Uh, Mysterio comes behind and clips him in that knee that's been giving him issues before we get to a little commercial break. Um, as we get back from that commercial break, Jay Uso... I, this is going to be something new in his repertoire that I assume he's going to be adding. He hits, you know, this nice little swag smack into a right hand deal that he spits into his hand, kind of like the Rock used to do back in the day. And the crowd loved it. The crowd ate it up and he took he took his time with it. And I think as time goes on, we're going to see him taking even more time. It's going to end up being like a 10 second move as he does a whole dance setup, And then the crowd pops before he hits this guy with one hand. Um, but we get a nice little back and forth between Finn and Jay while they're in the ring. He tries to hit the Uso splash while he's sitting in the corner. Finn gets out. Finn's trying to set him up for the John Woo drop kick so he can hit the coup de grace. Uh, they reverse that as well. Jay hits a nasty pop-up neckbreaker to Finn. Now Damien Priest is trying to get in, helping him out. Um, as Damien Priest gets up on the apron, distracting Jay, Finn tries to sneak roll up. Jay kicks out. Uh, they both start heading up to the top rope. We get a nice little fight up there. Um, as we he get um, Finn falls down, and Jay finally gets for the nice splash. He gets his knees up, uh, gets hit that before we get the double tag. And now we have Priest and Owens jumping into the match. Um, Owens gaining control, um, but 
you know, he's got the bad knee. He tries to run, hit his cannonball. His knee gives out. Priest tries to hit the south of heaven. We get a reversal before Kevin sits up top and hits a beautiful tornado DDT from the top. Priest does kick out at two. Um, they get back to fighting up top. We have Kevin sitting up top. Priest is getting after him before Priest tags in Finn, trying to get away from Kevin to get the freshman in. Finn hits a beautiful kick to the back of Kevin's head before Kevin catches him on the top rope, grabs his leg into a nasty, twisting fisherman's buster from the top. Oh, man. I thought he was going to break him. I love a fisherman's buster from the top like that. It's just, it's great every single time. But um, at this point, you know, Priest gets in there to save the day. Jay's back. You know, we get a little melee between the four people. Priest is, you know, he gets a good hit off on Jay, quote unquote, you know, maybe disturbing his ability to be able to see clearly. And as Priest dodges one of Jay's hits, he kicks Kevin Owens in the face. Jay then gets taken out by Priest. Kevin Owens, who's dead on the ground after taking a super kick to the face, takes the coup de grace from Finn and Judgment Day takes the victory. Obviously, not super surprising here. Um, they they ain't relinquishing the tag titles on a TV show. I mean, I think we all know that. But there were really nice moments. And to be honest, dude, I actually really like the pairing of Jay and KO from like an in-ring perspective. Because to me, they had all the big moments in this. You know, I don't know what that punch thing is going to be called yet. If it's even going to have a name, you know, the... the uh, the 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 Uso slap. I don't know what you want to call it yet, but I loved it. The neck breaker from Jay to Finn was another highlight moment for me. Um, the tornado DDT from KO was gorgeous, and then you mentioned it. That fisherman's buster from the top rope. I I think for me that was the moment of the match. Um, I. I want to see that happen more. Can can we make that happen more? Like, let's figure that out, man. Yeah, give give KO some action. Great match. Um, as we cut backstage, you know, right before we cut backstage, we see Kevin kind of sitting on the edge of the apron, holding his neck as he's looking at Jay. Jay's looking apologetic, but Kevin just looks at him and limps away. And then we cut backstage, and they're trying to talk. And two lines that that I love backstage. Kevin says, uh, are you kidding me? You're bad. <laughs> he <laughs> says, you might as well go dye your hair purple. Oose. <laughs> uh, yeah, that line, that was a good one. Told him to dye his hair purple and go join the, his new bloodline, the judgment day. So th- this whole like J judgment day thing is, I, it feels fake from the Judgment Day, obviously, because they just want to be the strongest faction, and they see a brilliant opportunity here to get, you know, a, a really top tier talent to join their group and somebody who's, you know, maybe maybe a bit vulnerable and maybe a bit lonely. And then you got the people who like he's trying to be in with, also just telling him to join the Judgment Day. So as much as like I don't want it to happen, I do love the Judgment Day, but like. I love Jay being Jay, you know, and it, it, it's just a weird thing going on that I hope it doesn't turn this way. And I, I don't 
think that it will, especially with them really trying to like build up his uh, his his singles library and um, you know really push him as a face. And they're like setting up this awesome redemption story where he like really needs to just earn the trust and respect of the entire locker room, aside from the Judgment Day, basically. Um, and I think he'll do it. So uh, after this segment, we get a real quick clip of the Imperium arriving in a limousine, all decked out in suits for Gunther's ceremony. And then we go to break, and we come back from break with Miz versus Tozawa. So I, I guess this was a rematch from a few weeks ago that I... Also didn't feel like I needed, but what do you got for this match? Yeah, it wasn't, I mean, it wasn't much. It pretty much is just the Miz dominating the match in Miz fashion. Not too much action going on. There was a beautiful moment when Sazawa was caught up hanging over the rope and Miz hit a code breaker, dropping double knees to the chest. Not something I've don't think I've ever seen from the Miz, but he slid that in there was great. He hit his little power up pose, had to drop the X C and charge up to Super Saiyan um, before hitting a skull crushing finale. And you thought it was over, but then you picks him up and he hits another one. And then you thought it was over, but he looks down at him with disgust, thinking back on the the match that he lost to him because of one individual. And as he picks him up one more time, he spells it out. M I Z. Yeah. And we get another skull crushing finale as he wins the match. (laughs) Yeah, this was a total squash match. Um, I loved the, the finger pointing M I Z. Um, I really liked the commentary in this segment because they speculated that the reason that The Miz is so obsessed with and also hates L.A. Knight is because L.A. Knight gets all the adoration and appreciation from the fans and the crowd that Miz always wanted but never got despite his accolades and despite holding titles. He never got any of that. And yet, LA Knight has none of that. And yet, is absolutely revered. And I thought that was a really good take and a really nice point on commentary right there. Yeah, it was cute. They were commenting on him wrestling an invisible John Cena. But I'm just eager to see... Where is this going to go after this next week? Is it? I mean, I assume LA Knight's going to show up on Raw. Like, What are we going to do next week? I mean, we're probably going to get like an LA Knight match and then they're going to do the same thing and and talk about LA Knight and Miz and they're just going to like trade until we get to Fastlane and they're going to have another match or something. (laughs) Oh, man. I'm so excited. Yeah. Please, please give LA Knight somebody better, please. So we end up backstage with a Raquel interview. Um. Raquel is saying that Rhea may be the most dominant woman possibly of all time and that everybody's afraid of her and intimidated of her, but she's not everybody. and She's not afraid of her. And I don't know. I, I just don't find Raquel's promo super believable, personally. Um, but it, it was... 
a lead-in to tonight's main event, I guess. So, what do you think? Yeah, I, I thought it was cute giving her, you know, her Spanish line. She's like, yeah, she's dominant. She's the strongest. Everybody's scared of her. Pero, not me. <laughs> <laughs> so, I, I did like that. Basically telling her, you're going to get a taste of your own medicine tonight. Um, and I mean... You know, small spoiler, she kind of did. <laughs> she did. She did, just not from her. <laughs> <laughs> so this leads us into Gunta's IC ceremony. Um, celebrating the fact that he is the longest reigning intercontinental champion of all time. Um, we started off with Kaiser and his usual fire intro for Gunther that I will save you all the misery of having to listen to me trying to attempt to do that. Um, you know, commentary is saying that Gunther may be the most dominant intercontinental champion of all time. Um, they, they also say that this is the closest you'll get to a smile from Gunther. And I'm not really sure what they meant by that because Gunther was beaming ear to ear the entire goddamn time. <laughs> and, and you know, character aside, you should be. You should be. That's a huge, huge accomplishment. Um, so we get Gunther on the mic and he says, to the surprise of absolutely nobody, the ring general has rewritten history. Um, it, it's funny because... They are a heel faction, and so they get booed, but I, I don't understand booing Gunther because in reality, like, he doesn't do things dirty, really. Like, yeah, the Imperium is, is whatever, but, like, usually it's, it's him bailing them out. And I would say more often than not, his big victories come completely clean. Like, he wins the right way, and I just don't, I personally don't have that feeling from him. I love him. I know you love him, man. Yeah, um, Mr. Chop himself. You know, nothing but admiration and respect. And he deserves it of uh, coming out here. He declares himself the greatest IC champion ever. And you know what? I can't disagree, all right? You know, I'd, I'd like to see any former IC champion come and give him an opportunity because he'd show you why he said that. Um, but yeah, he gets a nice little podium to stand on out there. I, and it, I look, you know, I look closely when they're talking about, you know, he's, this is the closest you'll get to a smile. I said, I wrote down, I don't think I've ever seen this man happier in my life. Yeah. <laughs> even, it was such a weird in, comment. Even in his little wedding photos that they posted and they catch him out there dancing. He, he looked happier right up here, you know, talking about, I rewrote history. <laughs> And as he's talking on, he basically states that the past champions have contributed nothing. This reign, this belt is purely held up by him and his greatness. And he's starting to wonder, is there any competition left? Because he feels like he's only competing with himself. And just as he's having these thoughts, Shoosh! Yes, <laughs> so sir. Gable comes out, interrupts, and you know what? Gunther invites him into the ring. He lets him say his piece. You know, Gable says that he saw in Gunther's face that no one has pushed him to his limit like he has. 
He brings up his daughter crying to oddly no response from the crowd. That was, I, I was kind of surprised at that one. Um, and he says that Gunther has lit a fire in him and that he will beat him because he's beat him once and he'll beat him again. And he will get another opportunity and swears that he will win that championship and his daughter will walk out smiling next time. Um, so now we play into the heel side a little bit where Gunther calls him a disgusting and terrible father. And I was like, who is Dom going to join the Imperium next? Is this what's going on here? Because this, I feel like there's, there's a little bit of a common ground. And that's when Gable just immediately goes after Gunther. Um, obviously, it's three on one. So Imperia holds him as Gunther beats him. And who comes to the aid? Otis. So Otis comes in, tosses Vinci and Kaiser out of the ring. Um, but still, Imperium have their way. And now we get an interruption. Well, not an interruption. A, uh, an assist from somebody, man, that I was not expecting. I don't know about you. Yeah, um, I was, whatever that picture is with that guy with the three question marks over his head and he just looks confused. Tommaso Ciampa runs in with the chair to break everything up. And at first I was confused and then I thought I could do a Ciampa Gunther match. That could be fun. Um, but I don't, I don't really know why. I'm hoping we get some more details. I'd love to see Gargano come back. And even after they stop with the Gunther stuff, can we get a whatever they call the American Alpha versus the reformed Gargano and Ciampa? That'd be a banger match. That this would. Is a, this is a fun little segment here. Um, Gable talking about you made my daughter cry. So that that lit the fire within me um, and it won't burn out until I beat you. He swears to God <laughs> to beat him. Oh, man, and he swears to God that my daughter will be walking out with a smile. And Gunther says it, you know, I don't, you're just trying to drag your family back in here just so you could get whooped again. You're using your children for the spotlight. You're a good athlete, but you're a terrible father. Then Gable, of course, attacks, but he just gets held up by Imperium, and then Gunther chops the hell out of him. We get Otis to come out, but they throw Otis out, and they get Chad up, and then he eats another chop before Ciampa finally comes out for the save. Yeah, and I, you know, I honestly do think that if they do another match, Gable will win. Because um, I feel like that would be the only purpose in another match. And as far as Ciampa goes, like, I already had the speculation that maybe Gargano is going to be the one that's traded to SmackDown. Uh in in the Jey Uso transaction. So maybe they're setting up Ciampa to have some friends when that happens. I sure hope so. So after this, we get a quick backstage segment with Xavier Woods and Drew McIntyre. Um, Woods is asking Drew why he's talking shit about Kofi and if he has an issue with Kofi. And Drew just kind of brushes it off and he says he didn't really mean anything by it. He has a lot on his mind. And, you know, if Kofi wants to talk about it, he can come talk about it himself. Um, Woods 
goes with a low blow, man. He says that Drew is jealous of Kofi because Kofi won his championship in front of a crowd of 80 plus thousand, but Drew won his in front of no one. And Drew understands what's happening. He says that he knows that Xavier wants a fight, but he doesn't want to hurt him. But Xavier pushes the issue and he agrees to a match. So I feel like this was a nice... Um, they're really planting that seed for the heel turn on Drew. And this is just a little more fuel to that fire. For sure. And I like how they're pushing on this heel turn by slowly egging him on, you know, where it's almost almost justified when he finally snaps because, you know, Woods was kind of poking at him a little bit, you know, like, oh, you're just jealous, you know, I, me jealous, you know, I'm the last person to be jealous is what he's thinking. And I thought it was cute that they mentioned Kofi winning in front of a crowd of 82,000 was the number, which is just slightly higher than 81,035. And I just thought that that was somewhat, um, you know, a little... Dude, <laughs> I, I thought the same thing, but, you know, the, he also didn't use the word uh, paid ticket <laughs> entries. So, you know, there, there's, a little, there's a little gray ed area there. Um, but I agree, like, they're planting the seed for Drew to, like, look at himself and be like, fuck it, yeah, man, I, I want a championship in front of all these people. Like, I deserve that. And I, I think that, you know, whether he gets it or not will be seen, but he's going to get his opportunity, and they're going to push him for that for sure. 100%. And I'm eager to see it. Hopefully, it eventually leads to him holding a singles belt, um, a good one as well. He will. I have, I have faith. So we come back and we are headed into the match between Xavier Woods and Drew McIntyre. How'd you feel about this one? Um, this was a good little match here. Um, he Drew came out with the sword of death. You know, I don't know how you can turn heel and have a sword and not just murder people. I don't know. Maybe that's not the character, but... <laughs> To start off the match, Woods was using his speed and agility, uh, coming off real quick, you know, trying to take over early on, but caught a nice Glasgow kiss, a nice headbutt to slow things and turn things around. Um, Drew was basically deadlifting him off the ground into, I can't even call it a suplex because he didn't follow through. He just chunked the guy across the ring, you know, hit him with a fat chop. You know, Woods tries to use his speed again, eats another clothesline. Drew's going to slow it right back down. Um, we get a nice little part where Drew gets thrown out of the ring. Woods hits a drop kick, runs back through the ropes, and tries to hit him with a dive, but gets caught and, you know, just gets tossed over the announce, announce table with no abandon. Uh, we get a little commercial break, and then when we come back, we have Drew on the top rope, um, knocking down some punches on Xavier's head. Xavier kind of climbs on him, looks like he wants to do a Samoan drop, but eventually we get a sunset flip into a power bomb by Xavier. Uh, Woods right back up to the top to hit a nice leg drop off the top rope. Uh, Drew does kick out. He hits him with the fat uh, clothesline before hitting two giant belly-to-belly uh, suplexes, almost throwing him completely across the ring. Uh, hits him with a fat neckbreaker. Uh, Kip ups right back to his feet. We get a three, two, one into the countdown kick, which Woods caught 
uh, right before he could hit the Claymore, Woods hits him with the super kick right in the middle of the ring. Uh, Drew does kick out of that. We get a little bit of a mix-up. You know, he's trying to hit the reverse Alabama slam. Woods tries to roll him up. You know, there's a little bit of back and forth there. Um, Woods starts getting a big flurry of moves, just giving him everything that he has until um, they start going back and forth across the ropes. He tries to, you know, catch him by gaining some more speed. And out of nowhere, seemingly, Drew hits the Claymore, and it's just done like that. That was a nice, nice Claymore that he hit at the end. Um, he caught him real good in the head. Like, I, that's got to hurt the next morning. And it kind of came out of nowhere. Like, it, it surprised me a little bit. I, I liked it better without the countdown. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a big fan of the countdown. You know, Drew's kind of cheeky. He started smiling when he was first doing the countdown. And he got caught for it. So maybe now that he's going into being a heel, he's going to stop playing into the crowd because he's being more vicious. He just needs to hit it and put him down. So maybe we're going to see the countdown gone as, you know, this heel turn ensues. Yeah, he did show a little reservation, though. You know, he's walking out of the ring and he's saying uh, it it didn't have to be this way. So it, I can sense this whole vibe of like, you guys made me into this. I didn't want to be this, but you guys made me into this type of type of vibe for the heel turn. 100%. 100%. Um, I want to know what's like actually going to make him snap and i think it's going to be riddle i think his first feud is going to be riddle and it's going to be something in a tag team and riddle's going to make them lose and he's just going to snap and beat him up after the match that's my guess i i'd say that's pretty likely um i deep down i would actually kind of love that i hate to say it or i mean who knows maybe 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 riddle doesn't come back there's that (laughs) Yeah, I, <laughs> I forgot about that. So, <laughs> uh, so after this match, we get a quick little shot of Rhea preparing, taping herself up, and we go into a promo. Cody Rhodes, the American Nightmare, comes out, and he says, "Let's talk about main event, Jay Uso." But before they can even talk about anything, they get erupted by Dominic Mysterio and JD McDonough. And I thought it was very interesting that JD was accompanying somebody in the Judgment Day who was not Finn Balor. Uh, the crowd was a little too slow with the booze on this one. Uh, Dom comes out and says, Cody, I'll tell you what I want to talk about. And that was pretty much the last you really heard of Dom. Um, he says a bunch of irrelevant stuff that you can barely make out. Something about thanking Cody for bringing Jay and that he'll be in the Judgment Day before long, but I, I couldn't get the specifics. Um, and he's kind of poking Cody and flipping his tie as he's having his conversation. And uh, Cody doesn't say anything back, just immediately attacks him. JD McDonough comes from behind on Cody and they go after Cody for a little bit, but ultimately Cody handles both of them. He he throws uh, JD out of the ring, hits Dom with a Cody cutter and crossroads, and chases them out of the arena. And this whole time, I'm like, so uh, what did what did Cody want to say about Jey Uso? 
Yes, dude. Yes, I swear you you just read my my notes right there. Um, number one, the crowd was so behind Cody today. They I heard a full sing along of the entire intro even before the whoa whoa. You know, I don't know if I can recall hearing them completely singing everything so clearly. Maybe I was just paying more attention. I don't know. But obviously, he says, "What do we want to talk about?" He talks about Jay. Gets interrupted by Dom. Um, some of the comments I was able to grab from Dom and it is weird seeing him come out with JD, but they did come out together last time on raw, I believe, um, I forget, wasn't it Sami Zayn at the end of the episode and Dom or JD came down to save him or Dom came down to save JD and then they ended up getting twisted. Yeah. 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 That was for the match, but this was just like a random, like you know, accompaniment that I feel like has only happened with Finn so far. Yeah, very true, very true. Um, but pretty much, you know, he's just expressing that, you know, Judgment Day is happy that you brought Jay, he's going to join us, and you're going to look dumb, and you're not going to do anything about it. And he's poking the guy in the chest before Cody pops off. <laughs> Cody just throws JD McDonough over the top rope. That guy went so high. <laughs> that was nice. Hits the Cody cutter to Dom. JD gets back in, eats a crossroads. Um, now Cody's hype, takes off the tie, opens the shirt, pumping up, hits Dom with the crossroads. And just like you said, I want to know what he was going to say. And then the announcer says, maybe he was going to apologize. <laughs> I. You know, this is kind of what I was talking about with a weird flow of just like, because huh? Cody had a moment afterwards to say whatever the hell he wanted because he chased them out of the arena. So like the microphone was still there, you know, they just immediately started playing his music. And I was just like, that was really weird. So again, like, I don't know if this was one of those last second changes, um, but you, you would have figured, like, there's so much talk about whether it's uh, Drew saying that he's going to take it out on Cody if Jay fucks up or something like that. Um, I kind of really wanted to hear Cody talk about Jay because he didn't, when he made the announcement that Jay on the, on the um, Grayson Waller effect made the announcement that Jay is going to be on raw. He also didn't say anything about it. He just basically said, Hey, I'm going to, you know, right or wrong and use whatever power I have. And Jay's back. And then he left. So we still haven't really heard Cody talk about anything in regards to Jay. Yeah, that's very strange. Um, I hope they didn't just, why? I mean, obviously they're attached because they're forever going to be attached because this whole bloodline stuff. But I hope they didn't just say that just for random attachment and not actually have something behind it. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I mean, that would be... I I could see them tagging at some point. Um, hopefully not, like, to win titles or whatever. But um, I could see them being a tag team. And that would be interesting. That would be one of those, like, cool uh, raw main events. Um, so after this segment, we get a quick backstage look between Jay and Drew. And Drew comes up to Jay saying that he wanted to look him in the eye and tell him he can't trust him one bit. Um, says that Jay can't stand on his own two feet. And he bets that the Judgment Day is looking real good to him right now. And Jay 
understands what's going on and he says you know what man if if you want to match then let's do it and so we officially have main event jay uso versus drew mcintyre next week and i am super hype for this match i am too i hope it's the main event because then they'll actually give it some time i don't know who's gonna come in and interfere you know i i can't really see anybody interfering in this match well probably judgment day yeah and have we have we had Judgment Day versus Drew? I don't. I don't recall that. I feel like that'd be some fun stuff. I don't either. Those are some fun matches that we could get from this as well. But it it could unite Drew and Jay, potentially. Finally, gain that respect and hold off that heel turn for just a little bit longer if they want to. And you know, I'm not not too sure exactly exactly where they're going with everything, but that could be fun. Maybe we get one of those classic five on five survivor series and we end up getting you know like a judgment day wanting to be in it and we get some nice tags of people trying to keep judgment day out of it i don't know yeah but um cute little backstage segment um jay basically says if you're talking shit you know you could pull up next week drew says you're on and jay says yeet so we got the match (laughs) (laughs) more yeet so after this segment, we get into a match of Chelsea Green versus Shayna Baszler. And so I guess Piper Nevin is good to go now. Yeah, there was a random, I believe, random segment earlier when Chelsea was trying to recruit Shayna, basically, um, like she was recruiting people last time. And, you know, oh, you know, Piper's hurt and whatever. And then Shayna basically gets disrespected. Um, because Chelsea calls her her peer, and she's like, I'll show you limb by limb how far apart in peers we really are. And then Chelsea's like, oh, well, okay. And she turns around, and Piper's standing there. And she's like, oh, oh, I, hi. Um, I, guess you're, I guess you're back, you know? And then the announcer's like, yeah, she's medically cleared. <laughs> so she's back. Yeah, we, we get that tag team back, and... Uh... I don't know. It could be some interesting implications. I I felt I'll let you go through the match, but I felt like this was a very clear indication of where the tag team champions uh, championship is going next. Yeah, it's it's pretty much just it starts off, you know, with Piper Niven basically on the apron and Shayna talking shit. You know, she hits a big back suplex uh, to kind of get going in the match, get Chelsea down. Um, and then she does this thing where she wipes the water out of her hair and kind of flings it at Piper. So they're really, you know, amping that up because, you know, we're going to get that next. Um, we get a little armbar action, a bunch of submission stuff as Piper pulls out Chelsea, which shouldn't that be a disqualification? I don't know. Um, then, you know, we get Shayna over there dealing with Piper and they're talking to each other on the outside. Shayna gets in her face, pushes her, says, stay out of my business. Uh, gets back in the ring. Chelsea tries to hit the sneak roll up, but she kicks out at two. She then gets her up into her shoulders and hits what's formerly known as the Piper's Pit, which was Ronda Rousey's finisher, the little judo throw over the shoulder deal. But, and I'm sorry. What the hell did they call it? Michael Cole said it was the exterminate. Ex- I'm sorry, the exterminatus. exterminatus. Okay, I thought that was an end. Exterminatus. I was like, what is that? Some type of gaming reference from the game she likes to play? What is that? 
I have absolutely no idea. I was I was confused because they called it something, and then obviously we all knew it as the Piper's Pit. Um, but I do like her paying homage to her real life friendship with Rhonda. Yeah, that's nice, and I think it's coming from Warhammer. She's a big Warhammer fan, so I see some stuff. Yeah, gotcha. I don't know, but that would explain it. But yeah, pretty much we get that. Um, Piper then, you know, hops in there, starts beating down Shayna, who then gets saved by Zoe Stark. Zoe Stark comes out, hits a fat kick to Piper Niven in the head. Shayna turns around and just knees Chelsea in the face. (laughs) Hard as shit. And then there's a nice little three-way stare down before Piper Niven backs out of the ring, knowing that she can't take him on right now. So it looks like we'll probably be getting some tag team action, some one-on-one action. I'd love to see a couple one-on-one matches leading up to a tag team title where Stark and Baszler take the titles. Yeah, I really feel like that's where this is going. Um, And I, I think that they're way more fit to be tag team champions than Chelsea Green um, and, and Piper. Uh, I think that actually Zoe Stark wins super kick of the night because that was a fat super kick, and I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it was, it was a cute little segment. Um, but we'll see where else that goes. Hopefully they show us some more competition in the women's division or the tag team women's division specifically because we've literally not seen any other team lately aside from one team who hasn't formed yet and one team who's not you know long for these titles yeah um after this we get a shinsuke nakamura promo um i really liked this one this was a good one it was in japanese again but this time with subtitles so he asks seth if he feels like he's a champion And he says that Seth is not honorable and wonders if the crowd would sing his song if they remembered everything that Seth has done. All the people that he's betrayed to get to the top. He calls him a manipulator, a deceiver, and a liar. And tells him that he brings shame on his family. Shinsuke claims that he will take his title and expose him for what he is. And that he will challenge Seth when he feels like it. Um... Again, I love these villain promos with Shinsuke. Yeah, Samurai Shin. He's just sitting there in his, I I don't know exactly the formal name for the kimono or the robes that he's wearing with his sword. You know, he just looks, he looks like somebody, you know, and thank you so much for the subtitles because I'm glad we can actually see the shit that he was talking. (laughs) Do you feel like a champion? You know, your terrible past showing the highlights of all the bad things that he's done in the history that he's been here, you know, like, like people forget, you know, we can never forget what you've done Seth, and you know, the backs that you've stabbed climbing your way to the top. He brings shame upon his family. He has no remorse and Shinsuke is going to strip him and expose the lies that he stands on. His words mean nothing to Shinsuke Nakamura, who is just waiting until whenever he wants so that he can challenge for that title once again. 
he's got Seth in his hands. Yeah, and it's just more the same of, you know, Shinsuke wants to be in control of this whole situation. He wants to be the one to say when the match is, how the match will be, and eventually he'll get it. You know, Seth will... Seth, I think, will continue his rampage um, of wanting the match, and Shinsuke's just going to sit there and wait. And when he feels like he has the upper hand, because that's what it is, you know, he's afraid of Seth. Let's let's be real here. He just got beat by Seth. So he's afraid of Seth, whether he wants to admit it or not, because he wouldn't be doing this if he wasn't. So after this, we get into Seth freaking Rollins finally coming out to address his crowd on his show, Monday Night Rollins. So Seth comes out. And he says that he is everything that Seth, uh, that Shinsuke says he is. But he says he's also a father, a fighter, and your world heavyweight champion. He claims that for a long time he didn't know who he was and he was trying to just figure it out. You know, he brings up the authority and says that that didn't work out. He became a messiah. That didn't really work out either. And then he finally figured out what we, the crowd, have always wanted him to be. And that was himself. And that's who he is now, and that's why we love him. The crowd loves him because he's simply Seth freaking Rollins. And he says that the love from the crowd is the reason that he can go home and look his daughter in the eye and be at peace with everything he's done in the past and be proud of what's to come in his future. Management wants to slow him down, and he says he ain't built that way. He was born to be a workhorse. And he tries to challenge Shinsuke, and he calls him out again, asks him to come out. Shinsuke's music comes on, but he's nowhere to be found. He doesn't come out. And that's when we get a cut to video of backstage Shinsuke attacking Ricochet, brutalizing Ricochet backstage. And he says that... He will take Seth's title, but not today. Yeah, uh, Seth came out rocking the blue. Nice blue. I like, I like this outfit that he had going on here today. A little, a little furry vibe going on. You know, I enjoyed that. They sang his song through the commercial break. Uh, when they came back from the commercial break, the announcer was like, four minutes, they're still singing. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, love, I love the small things that they slide in there. Uh, he gave a nice little speech acknowledging everything that Shinsuke said and said, basically, you know, I, I've been all of that. I am all that. But it is who I am today is why the people love me. You know, but as we know, Seth, he didn't come here to talk. He came to fight, you know, so calls out Shin and Shin backstage got caught with the Rico. You know, he's backstage just beating up Ricochet and, you know, is putting in the hurt on him, letting Seth know that. I'll take your title, but not tonight. And Seth is just sad and mad, and all he can do is pout. <laughs> yeah, and it, it I, I don't know why this reminds me of this, and, and some of you may know what I'm talking about, and some of you may not know what I'm talking about, but this whole Seth Shinsuke thing, I swear to God, they are pulling from Logan Paul, Dylan Dennis right now. I, I've not kept up with, with the two of them that that much. I saw like a random clip where the Dylan Dan, da, whatever his name is, Dylan Dennis 
was like stuttering and then yeah. Jake Paul was, or Logan Paul was like talking shit and then some other thing, but I don't That was heavily edited in Logan Paul's favor and eventually they posted the whole thing and it yeah very different. Um, a couple of days later. <laughs> but I mean it's basically they've got this fight scheduled a little bit of ways now and Dylan Danis is like taking personal attacks at Logan Paul and his fiance and all the shit of just like trying to build up this mental aggression from Logan Paul. So that way when he gets in the fight and obviously this is, this is a boxing match. So he wants to make Logan Paul emotional and cause him to be aggressive and basically careless. And I feel like that's exactly what Shinsuke is trying to do to Seth. He's trying to get in his head and get him to the point where he's careless. And instead of, you know, being the typical visionary Seth Rollins and kind of always knowing what to do in a ring, he just sees red almost akin to like when he lost it against uh, the fiend and, and went with the, uh, the sledgehammer at that time. You know what I mean? Of just like, he's trying to get Seth to the breaking point. Um, but I think Seth is a different person now. And I don't think Seth is going to go to that point. I think I, Shinsuke is not the person to take that belt from Seth. He's just not. Unfortunately, I would have to agree with you. I think you're right. I don't think Shinsuke is winning it. But I do believe that Seth is not the person to snap and go back into that old phase where he was. But at this moment in his life and his career... He's going to snap by pushing himself too hard and letting Shinsuke, you know, hit the vein and slip his disc. You know, that's where I, that's the only thing I can potentially see. Nice that they got that playing up in the storyline as well, because obviously that's what it's going to lead into once they let Seth do a couple more matches and show his back just getting more injured until we finally get that Shinsuke match. I would assume that's where we go from here pull out the storyline a little bit more, but I would like to see Shinsuke win it, you know, but we'll see. I, if, if, if Shinsuke wins, it'll be basically like Bianca winning the women's championship back. Like it'll be immediately cashed in on by Damien and he'll lose it to Damien so he can enjoy his 10 minute reign. Um, I think like a long-term plan. I, I really do think that Gable, if, if they get the another match with Gunther, Gable will beat Gunther, and Gunther will be beltless, and then he'll set his sights on the World Heavyweight Championship, and that's the belt that belongs on that man in reality. 100%, and Gunther is the man that let's keep beating Seth down until you know you get somebody that's going to exploit all those weaknesses. He's going to powerbomb him on that back. He's going to chop him in the back, isn't he? He's going to give him a spanking. Ooh, <laughs> sign me up sign me up <laughs> uh, so after this we get a quick little Finn and Jay Uso segment so you know Jay uh, Finn comes up to Jay he's acting all buddy buddy you know he says hey you know we're both professionals what happens in the ring stays in the ring um, and he says that he's noticed that Drew McIntyre is not a fan of Jay's but but he's a fan Finn's a fan. Grand Slam Finn's a fan. And he says, you know who else is a fan? Damien's a fan. Dom's a fan. Mommy's a fan. And really? Extends. I, dude, I wish Mommy was a fan of me. 
but he extends the Judgment Day offer once again, and Jay doesn't respond. I, he doesn't even, at least to me, maybe this is hopeful, wishful thinking, um, he honestly like doesn't even look like it's it's a grinding a gear in his head. Like he ain't even thinking about it. It's like okay, you you done talking, dude. So like I can get on with my life. Yeah, he's not not acknowledging this shit for one second. Um, I, I do love that Finn's like, hey, you know, I, I get it. We're professionals, and what happens in the ring stays in the ring. And he's like, I I saw what you did there. Very nice. And he starts winking at him. <laughs> I thought that, that was cute by Finn. And I love the cute little part when Finn is like, you know, we care, Priest cares, Dom cares. And he doesn't, you know, Jay doesn't really react to that until he says, you know, mommy, mommy's a fan. He's like, really? <laughs> so I did love that in there. But continuing to open those doors, I feel like, you know, obviously Judgment Day just is trying to keep their list of enemies and strong enemies short. I do find it interesting especially with what happened with smackdown of them aiding the bloodline and yet they're trying to recruit jay that's a interesting um interesting kind of like double entendre for them right now of like those are conflicting actions to me yeah you know um, i'm eager to see how they spin that because i assume they're going to say something along the lines like you know we care about you you know we just want to help you and your family you know we'll help all of you you know we know that's your family we couldn't let anything happen to them i know you still got love for your family because maybe they're still trying to get him quote unquote on the bad side which would try to still gain favor with the bloodline to maybe keep them as friends so they don't challenge him for those the titles because they are a legitimate threat but then you'd probably want to keep the Usos separate. So I don't know, because I feel like that's your biggest threat to those titles. Either that or they want they want to lower Bloodline's guard. Because, you know, I, I was really thinking about it the past couple of days of, you know, do we need a faction to take out a faction? Like, do we need the Judgment Day to kill the Bloodline, basically? Um... Maybe that's where they go with this, and then they try to basically like serve Roman's head on a platter to Jay, type of thing. That could be interesting. Um, I I would probably buy into that. I still wouldn't be thrilled about him joining the Judgment Day, but it'll where they go from here with this. Um, they have to handle it carefully because of how conflicting those two actions are. Yeah, and I hope this wasn't something that was part of these last-minute changes. I hope that there's more already planned out and not something that they're just catching out of the air right now. <laughs> well, if if Vince is involved, that's entirely a possibility. I, I still don't know like why why he's back, but I, whatever. Um. After this, we get a six-man tag team match with Alpha Academy plus Tomasa Ciampa versus Imperium. Uh, and of course, Alpha Academy is accompanied by the lovely Maxine Dupree. So what do you got for this match, man? So we got Giovanni Vinci and Ciampa starting things off. Um, just a little bit of a back and forth. We end up getting Kaiser and Gable in there. Cute little spot. Uh, Gable's in the corner trying to fight out and uh, Kaiser's attacking him and Kaiser just yells nine <laughs> before he smacks Gable. Yeah. 
I, I love that. They do some, you know, classic wrestling spots in the middle where obviously Gable gains control. Uh, we get a little bit of a back and forth before um, Gable gets thrown out of the ring as Kaiser cheats, pulls the r- rope down. Um, I guess the ref's not paying attention because Gunther slides in there and gets a nice cheap shot um, before they get him back in there. Crowd's chanting for Otis right now, and as the match goes on, we kind of got to wait a little bit uh, to get a little bit of that big meat action that we all love. Uh, Gable's you know, fighting for the tag. He almost hits a nice deadlift um, German before catching a clothesline and getting thrown back into the Imperium corner. Um, he gets actually thrown into the buckle and is just kind of hanging over the top rope before everybody just kind of sprints out of the ring and then runs right back into like a triangle drop kick hit as he's hanging on the outside. It was pretty beautiful there. Um, Gunther's in there with Gable. Um, he does catch him, gets a nice uh, chop off, um, knocking Gable down. And then, of course, Gunther rushes over to the side to kick Otis off the apron. Um, that was kind of the story of the match. They didn't want to let the big man get in. Um, I love the spot here where Gunther and Gable are in the center of the ring. Gable's struggling, and Gunther just has him by the wrist. And he chops him down, and he picks him right back up. And he doesn't let go of that wrist control before chopping him down and picking him back up again. You know, he's yelling at him in the face, telling him to get up, fight for your family. (laughs) And so finally he gets to tag into uh, Ciampa. You know, a little back and forth between Ciampa and Vinci um, before we get Kaiser in. And of course, Kaiser runs in trying to stop Ciampa from getting an Otis, who eventually gets the tag, throws him into the uh, ropes. Otis going crazy, hitting some big hits, spinning back elbow, knocks him down and splashes him in the corner before Kaiser falls down in the corner where Otis hulks up, rips his shirt off. Hits that caterpillar into the big elbow. And I don't know if my speakers were playing games with my ears, but right before he hits this elbow after hitting the caterpillar, I'm pretty sure he yelled, I'm coming. And then he drops the big elbow. <laughs> <laughs> I I wrote that down too. So I'm pretty sure that means it happened. Oh man, I don't I don't think you can do that. But <laughs> but I love I love Otis, and that's what the crowd was chanting for him. I always love how they build these things up. Um, Gunther uh, eventually gets back in there. They throw Otis into the uh, turnbuckle shoulder first. He's stuck in there. Um, Gable tags in, and he's just kind of standing on the apron looking at Gunther. And for a split second, you could see fear in Gunther. He said, fuck, like, not this guy again, because this is deep into the match. But, of course, being Gunther, he tells him, come on, let's go. Uh, he jumps in there. Uh, they're fighting over a German. Gable almost gets a nice German before Gunther switches it around and hits him with a nasty German. Uh, Gunther gets back up, knocks Chomp off the apron, keeping things to themself. Um, and then we get a nice little roll through from the power bomb into a sun from a sunset flip um by gable he gets picked up from the power bomb rolls over the top into a sunset flip only to roll him through into another ankle lock um beautiful transition into that 
Uh, we then get Giovanni Vinci in. Um, Giovanni Vinci gets hit with a nasty chaos theory. Gunther helps him out. Uh, Gunther tries to set up the power bomb, but eats a knee. Kaiser gets in, knocks out Champa, but then um, Otis. I got Otis eating Kaiser up, so that way it clears out the ring. We get the ankle lock right back to Vinci, who's the legal man. Vinci eventually taps out to the ankle lock by Chad Gable. Yes, sir. And, you know, I think a big key to that ending was Gunther trying to get back in to break it up. But Ciampa intercepts him and puts him in the Sicilian stretch and makes Gunther watch Vinci tap out. And, like, it was one of those moments of where I'm sure Gunther's like, that man's not me, so he's going to tap. And after the match, Gunther was furious about the way that it ended. Um, I love this match. For me, it was probably match of the night. Um, I, again, like I really do think that they're going to give Gable this next match, and he's going to win it, man. Like they're slowly build. Like Gunther is the mountain for him to climb, and he just keeps getting closer and closer and closer to the top. And when Gunther taps out from an ankle lock, or gets pinned off of a ginormous chaos theory as much as i love gunther that's gonna feel so good oh man and i'm eager to see what they actually finish that match with i hope they do like multiple rolling germans like hit like a three-piece on them like something that we've literally never seen before I, i'm okay with the tap out as well but he he needs to like i don't know like catch him off the top rope into an ankle lock or something wild. You know, I don't want to just kind of see body scissors ankle lock into a tap. It might be a little anticlimactic if it were my opinion, but they're definitely giving him the belt. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I, uh, I suppose I got a little ahead of myself because in reality, Gunther is not going to tap out. You know, if, if he submits, it's going to be ha- going to have to be one of those submissions where like he passes out and you're not passing out from an ankle lock. So if we get like suplex city with chaos theories, like I'll lose my fucking mind. Yeah. Oh my God. It'd be so good. Um, and you only like on your note of tapping out, maybe if it was some type of no DQ street fight and he, you know, did that, put the wrap the chair around the ankle and he jumped off the top and then he did the ankle lock, you know, through the ropes with the chair on it. You know? Okay. Okay. I can go for that. Then I, I could believe it. Right. But it, it's gotta be crazy. I assume that's going to be a big pay-per-view match. Give Gunther a nice break. Unfortunately, I feel like Abel's going to be a transition champion because Drew's going to take it during his heel run and have a nice heel run with that belt. But this will give time for Gunther to win the Royal Rumble and challenge Seth Rollins. I don't know. Yeah, I can see that playing out. And it we have enough filler for that. You know, like when we we're talking about the Cody um, Romans thing about WrestleMania, like there's enough filler for Gunther between Ciampa and like all of the Alpha Academy and you know I, I'd love to see a rehash of the whole Drew Gunther, Sheamus uh, all that um, 
I mean, that's another person that needs needs to get the IC on him is, is Sheamus. I would almost rather see, like, maybe that's the heel turn. Maybe Sheamus gets it and Drew, like, their buddy-buddy again, and then Drew turns on him. I could see that, especially if bro was gone. Yeah, for sure. And then one thing I'm thinking right now as well, who's the current United States champion? It's still Rey Mysterio, right? Correct. So... We do have Survivor Series coming up sometime soon. What if, you know, maybe we get the traditional setup where we get the IC versus the US champion. I'd be I'd like to see a Gunther Mysterio match because I feel like he would like literally throw this guy out of the arena. That'd be so fun to watch and beat him down. But if LA Knight's supposed to be winning, I don't want to see an LA Knight um Gunther match. I feel like you're gonna hurt LA Knight. I don't know, because he's going to get the shit chopped out of him. Yeah, yeah, that would be unfortunate. I I do want to sign up for Gunther Ray, though. I feel like that could be fun, but then we've got to prolong Ray Mysterio's reign for two months, and I guess they've slowly done that, because we didn't hear shit about it, like, on the last episode. Yeah, I'm not sure exactly where they plan on going with that one um i mean there's still that escobar possibility so i mean maybe it'll be gunther escobar or maybe it'll even be off of gunther by then who knows we could have like gable escobar <laughs> by that time or gable ray i don't know gable ray would be interesting too i could get behind that yeah we'll have to see where that one goes so after this, we get a quick Judgment Day segment where Finn's telling the group that they really just need to keep it up with Jay. Um, you know, keep keep the pressure on him to join. And Priest is saying that the more isolated that he feels, the more he's going to need the Judgment Day. And Mommy chimes in and says, you know, they always come around. Look at Dom Dom. So they are really hell-bent on getting Jay in, man. Yeah, um, they they really want him. Uh, best line here, uh, Mommy says, you handle Jay business, I'm going to handle Mommy business because Mommy's always on top. So, <laughs> Damn right she is. So we get Later. a quick, quick announcement from commentary saying that we're going to get a Shinsuke Ricochet rematch next week. Um, I hope, hope Ricochet comes out on top on this one. But he's probably. I don't think so. Yeah. Yeah. So, eh. Maybe we'll actually get a real match this time instead of Shinsuke taking a chair three minutes into the match. But, yeah. We get a quick cut to Tiff, who is bitching at uh, Adam Pierce, saying that she's not respected enough and the red carpet is not rolled out enough for her. And, uh, Becky comes on in. So Tiffany is kind of like backpedaling a little bit here. And she's, she's asking Becky, why is she coming for her? Um, and Becky's, you know, saying that she hasn't even paid attention to what she's been doing. Didn't even think of her until Tiff brought her into this. She showed up on her show. She showed up with the title to gain popularity. She showed up during her matches. 
So she essentially left no choice for Becky but to address this. And she compliments Tev. She says that she's as athletic as an Olympian, but she's also dumb as a box of rocks. And that in reality, she's only concerned with being famous. And she'll make her famous when she takes the title from her. Tiffany says that she's already famous without her. They sign the contract and we move on. Yeah, I don't have much to add here. It was a cute little segment. I like how uh, Tiffany's like, why me? <laughs> and, and Becky's like, pretty much if you kept your damn mouth shut, you wouldn't be in the situation. But since you ran your mouth, I'm going to take your shit. So I'm eager to see that, Matt. Fuck around and find out. You know, like just like that graph, you know, the more you fuck around, the, the more you'll find out. <laughs> yeah, and she picked the wrong person because... You know, the more Becky's thinking about this, the more she's like, you know what? I actually would really like that title. That's something I never had before. Exactly. And now we get to our main event. We get a rematch between Raquel Rodriguez and Rhea Ripley for the Women's Championship with a condition that Dom Dom is barred from ringside. So what do you have on this one? Yeah, you know, I'm surprised we didn't get more Dom shenanigans. I figured Dom's barred, but not the rest of Judgment Day. You know, so I, especially since we didn't really see Finn or Priest from earlier, so I was kind of expecting to see something there. But, you know, whatever. But as the... I, I have a question on that, because, like, I was thinking about it more and more, and... Dom really hasn't interfered on Rhea's matches all that much. Like, y yes, the last one with Raquel, but, you know, you, you think back to the bigger matches that she's had and, and think back to, like, first Charlotte and whatnot. Like, she's, she's never needed Dom's help. So I was confused on why, like, that was such a big deal because Rhea's just going to beat her ass anyway. Yeah, I love I love how Raquel, she's, you know, now, now is the time. Now it's going to be fair. Like, she, she, like, beat the fuck out of you last time, girl. But, you know, she did come back this time with a lot more spirit, a lot more fire, and a lot more fight. Um, we get a couple clotheslines to start off the match. Um, very dominant start by Raquel. You know, knocking down Rhea. She already trying for the finisher to Hana Bomb. She does get out of that. Um, but she, she does hit her with another clothesline to knock her down. There's a little bit of a back and forth before Raquel hits a beautiful power slam. Um, Raquel then picks her up into a bear hug. And I'm never a fan of the bear hug, but I did like what they did with it here. Um, Rhea tries to get out of it by knocking in some headbutts. They get back into the corner. As they're in the corner, Rhea wraps her legs around Raquel. And when the ref is trying to call the five count, telling Raquel she needs to back up, she's like, I can't, I'm trying, which allows Rhea to hit a nice little headbutt, which kind of, you know, puts Raquel down for a little bit so that way Rhea can get up to the top and hit a big-ass missile dropkick, uh, knocking her down. I'm pretty sure she kicks her out of the ring at this point. Um, Rhea sneaks out and runs around, jumps off the stairs to hit a nice flipping senton right on the outside, knocking Raquel down and gaining all the control and momentum back into the match. Basically, on the outside, she tells her, um, you want to hit me? 
get up right in her face before she throws her right back into the ring, hits a running knee, but Raquel does kick out for a nice two count. Uh, she then gets on top, gets a couple ground and pound hits uh, before Raquel gets up, throws Rhea over the top, and hits her with a nice big boot on the outside before we get into a commercial break. Um, when we return from the commercial break, Rhea is in control. Uh, she's working that injured leg of Raquel at this point, but they do show us a clip from during the commercial break when Raquel throws her into the uh, barricade as well. Um, so we did get to see the action continue a little bit. Um, but they get right back into a little bit of back and forth. Uh, Rhea does dodge a knee in the corner um, before she gets caught, picks Raquel up on her shoulders um, into the electric chair, and then drops her down face first into the turnbuckle. Um, love that. Choking Raquel out um, from behind, holding onto the ropes with her thighs before she lets her down and then chokes her again. She just says, I'll just do it again. You know, so puts her back in. I don't even know what to call it, uh, but with her thighs choking her out again um, before she tries to pull her back up. But now Raquel grabs her as she has her thighs wrapped around her neck. Raquel stands up, has her in the electric chair position and throws her right back into the turnbuckle uh, so she can hit her right with what she got hit with before. Um, we get some nice back and forth as they both get to their feet. Um, they both run into each other as they're um, running back off the ropes before they both get a nice momentum going before they hit a double boot off the ropes, which fuck, it looked like they kicked the shit out of each other because both of their momentums just completely halted in the middle of that ring. Uh, they took a little bit of time fighting on their knees, slapping each other as they're going back and forth. Um, Rhea does eventually gain control. Um, she hits a nice boot to the gut, slowing things down before she hits a beautiful Northern Light suplex, uh, bridging it, kick out by Raquel. Um, she's back on top, gets a nice forearm just to the back of her head, <laughs> which should have just ended things, you know, um, probably pulled that from Dragunov. But she tries to set up for the riptide. Raquel fights out. She ends up countering it, hitting a nice knee picking her up on her shoulder and throwing her like a lawn dart right into the turnbuckle before hitting a big back body drop, throwing her over the top of her head. And then another big boot before Rio was able to kick out. Raquel uh, tries to hit her little springboard spinning elbow move, but somehow just jumps right into Rhea's boots before Rhea gets on the top rope and gives a little ode to, you know, little Poppy himself. Nice little shimmy into a frog splash before Raquel kicked out. Um, she then does a nice little baseball slide drop kick, kicking Raquel out of the ring, tries to hit another flip like she did off the stairs earlier from the apron down into Raquel, but Raquel just catches her and slams her head first into the apron, or I'm sorry, into the announce table um, before picking her back up and then hitting a disgusting Tejano bomb right onto the apron, right onto Ripley's back. It looks like it's over at this point. Um, she rolls her back into the ring, and out of nowhere, out of nowhere, the irresistible force, Nia Jax, has made her WWE return. 
As she returns, she grabs Raquel, hits a Samoan drop on the outside on the floor. You know, Raquel's can't get back in. She's struggling. She finally gets back in. And right as she barely pokes her head through the ropes, gets her fucking head kneed off by Ripley, eats a riptide, one, two, three, and still your women's world champion. It was it was a roller coaster and that ending that ending was a surprise. Um I think a lot of us probably have mixed feelings about Nia Jax, but as I've been saying, there ain't nobody in this women's division that can give me a believable fight that will make it look like Rhea is in jeopardy of losing her title. And now we finally have someone. So I, I don't think Nia Jax is going to take the title from her, but I think this is going to be Rhea's first like serious defense of the title. For sure. You know, um, we asked for competition. We said, who's next? We said, there's nobody else on the roster. We said, what are y'all going to do from here? And they heard us. You know, like, there is nobody else that they have that they've ever had, you know, besides, like, maybe RIP China, um, Beth Phoenix, who she's already had some good matches and beat. But, yeah, it should be interesting. You know, I'm, I'm eager to see some um, big riptides, um, maybe through a table. I don't know, but... I don't, I just pray for the safety of the workers involved. We have heard of some past issues with Nia Jax, and she cannot do this move where they just lay down on the bottom rope and she hits the leg drop from the outside. You can't do that. Like, I feel like that's just too dangerous. Uh, somebody passed away just falling down on the rope like that, let alone catching a leg drop. I don't know. I feel like that's a bit much. But did, and then didn't she, she hit Rhea with that? That's exactly what she did. So, and I, I don't think that's a thing she should add to her repertoire. I think you might want to leave that one out, girl. Uh, we're we're getting it. We're getting it, whether we like it or not. And yeah, of course, I think because of the history, um, I think the history is why a lot of us are conflicted when it comes to Nia Jax. But when it comes to a display of power. You know, they want to say, they really built up, you know, the display of power of Raquel earlier in the match and and uh, how she's the only one to make Rhea look like this. Uh, no. Nia Jax is power. Raquel's power pales in comparison to Nia Jax. And I really do think that in terms of just sheer power, like I, I personally think that Raquel's power pales in comparison to Rhea's. So I think Nia Jax and Raquel uh, and Rhea Ripley is going to be like quite possibly one of the most like powerhouse women's matches of all time. Yeah, um, and I'm excited. I hope they give it some time. You know, I I don't and I don't want to give it time, but I don't want to see no slow grinding match. I don't want to see a, a nerve pinch. I don't want to see you know what whatever Nia Jax squeezing her head. Because she's so strong, she can crush her skull. I don't need to see that crap. <laughs> All right, give me some action. They're two big women. Let them hit the fuck out of each other. Let them try to throw each other. Let's get some big ass superplexes. 
You know, if you need to take your time, do it after a big ass move and let's get some action because we know Rhea's going to go out there and she's going to work. But we'll see what Nia can bring to the table this time around. I am very curious if she can hit the riptide on Nia Jax. It, I, 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 of course, want to say yes, she can, but like the more that I think about it and I, the more that I think about the, uh, the mass of Nia Jax, the more I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, that's going to be the biggest riptide of her life. And I'm, I'm waiting for it. And I want to see it through a table. I want to see it off the second rope. I need to see something. And I feel like the, she'll probably get it done off of something where she was already up somewhere where she didn't really have to pick her up. So like Nia Jax might already be on the top rope. So all she has to kind of do is flip as they both jump off the top where she doesn't actually have to lift her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I'll tell you where I want to see it. I want to see it through the announce table. Eesh. That's like the, I, I feel like the most, uh, the most punishing way to take something these days in the WWE is through the announce table. Especially when they don't move the little monitors. <laughs> <laughs> there have been so many times I've seen people eat shit on the announce table and I'm like, even if that didn't hurt from like the move standpoint, like, dude, those guys didn't move their pencils out of the way, man. <laughs> like, Yeah, man, there was a little stint. I want to say it was 2017, Randy Orton on SmackDown. And Jinder Mahal was fighting to be champion, and he had the Singh brothers. And with reckless abandon, Randy Orton was just chunking these guys on the announce table, and they were over rotating. No screens, no monitors removed out of the way. Look those clips up, man. It's gross. Oh, that's got to be some some painful shit, dude. So overall. I know I said that it was kind of a weird flow because of the last minute changes, but from match content, I felt like this was a really strong raw. Yeah, like and I, I was thinking at the end of the show, like what was my match of the night? I was like, man, like I really wanted to give it up to the women's match. Um, I did like the ending because it did give us some insight on where we were going with this title reign and what we can see in the future, which I'm I'm eager to see what happens. You know, I can't lie about that. But I can't say that the ending really juiced me up. I felt I was a lot more excited and juiced up during the six-man tag. Um, that was very exciting. A um, lot of emotion in that match as well. So I, I'd have to give that my match of the night. Great show. Um, they've been on a streak of really good shows. So let's hope it you know, keeps up as we move into next week. Yeah. And you know, just, just to comment on what you said, the only thing that I did not like about the women's match ending was I want, I felt like Rhea should have beat Raquel and then Nia Jax comes in to ambush Rhea because this left the door open for more Rhea Raquel. And if you've been listening to us, I don't think either of us want that. I, I would have liked to have, you know, put the nail in that coffin and then Jax ambush Rhea. So that way we have closure on the Rhea Raquel saga. Yeah, because Raquel would have won if she rolled into the ring. So we do got to deal with that. And she's going to complain about 
oh, I, I almost won, and then we're going to get a Raquel. But maybe when we get the Raquel-Naya match and Naya puts her down, she's just going to fall to the wayside for a little bit because she lost. Hopefully, you know, we just kind of forget that she almost won. Well, and, you know, I guess another possibility would be that I don't think that we're going to get Nia Jax, Rhea on a TV match. I think that's going to be a PLE match. But what we will get on a TV match is Nia Jax, Raquel. For sure. I, I feel like that's probably two weeks away. The next pay-per-view is probably where we'll get the title match. Um, I guess we'll probably just get a segment next week with Nia Jax. Why? What, what, what brought you back? Why did you attack Raquel like that? Um, because I'm the baddest bitch around here. You know what I'm saying? So should be, so, should be some quality content. hundred percent. hundred percent. That's the promo we're getting. Um, so yeah, they, they announced some of the matches for next week during the show. So we have an idea of some of them and then, you know, hopefully we'll get a couple interesting last minute additions. Um, so looking ahead, we have NXT coming up. We've got the women's NXT championship on the line between Becky Lynch and Tiffany Stratton. And then we've got SmackDown coming up. So uh, hopefully it'll be an interesting week in the world of wrestling. And we'll see where we go from here. But take us home, Henron. Well, we thank you, ladies and gentlemen, one more evening for allowing yourselves to be blessed with our voices as we discussed monday night raw we will catch you on the next episode uh we will be reviewing friday night smackdown um and a little bit of nxt action we'll see what happens with this nxt women's title match but until then y'all stay safe deuces, deuces. Peace.